praise God. I want to ask a question today, and I want to make a few statements before we begin a study that we will not finish today, but it is so relevant in the time that we are living. They asked Jesus, what shall be the sign of thy coming, and when shall these things be? And he began to go down a list in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, and and he's, he, he mentioned so many things that are occurring right now in our generation. So we're living in what I call the Enoch generation. If there is a picture of the rapture, which I do believe in with all of my heart, and there are Christians who do not believe in the rapture, they believe we're going through the tribulation, I can't agree with that. Biblically, I just can't agree with that. Because every island of the sea, every, without exception, an earthquake is going to come that makes Mexico City look like absolutely nothing. It's not an 8 point something or a 10 point something. It's beyond the Richter scale. During the tribulation period, an earthquake is coming that's going to cause every island. Hawaii will be gone. Guam will be gone. Uh, Every island of the sea, amen, is going to be gone. There will be Christians in the islands of the sea. I have ministered in the islands of the sea, and I know there are Christians there. Uh, They're going to have to be kept somehow when every island is gone. Hailstones are going to fall from heaven during the tribulation, weighing 96 pounds in our weight and measuring system. Where do you go to hide from hailstones weighing 96 pounds? The sun is going to become so intense uh, that it's going to cause sores upon people's bodies during that time. The water is going to turn to blood. Amen. Men are going to seek death, but death is not going to come to them. They're going to cry to rocks and mountains, according to the, the book of Revelation. Literally cry for the rocks and mountains to fall on them and hide them from the face of him that sits upon the throne and from. And this sounds like something that is foreign to us today in light of the love of God and the sweetness kindness of Christ to hide them from he that sits upon the throne and from the wrath of the lamb the Bible speaks of what happening what's happening in the book of Revelation is the cup of his indignation filling up by the way wrath is not some angry God that just gets fed up it's justifiable anger It's God's justice. The angel said it when the water turns to blood. It said they have murdered. They have killed the innocent. They have shed innocent blood. Therefore, it's right and requisite that they drink blood instead of water. It's an incredible time. And the Bible calls it the day of Jacob's trouble concerning Israel. But to the whole world is going to be affected during the tribulation period. The Bible calls it the day of his wrath. And the scripture is very clear about you and me as children of God today. The Bible said we are not appointed to wrath. But to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm glad about that.
You know what the scripture says in First Corinthians, First Thessalonians chapter four? It says, "It said I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren." You know, I got to tell my little story about the lady. She was a rich widow, and she had about three uh, gentlemen uh, that were widowers uh, after her, wanted to date her and have a relationship with her, and she wanted nothing to do with them. And she stood up in the middle of a service, asked if she could say something. She stood up and she said, quoted the scripture a little bit wrong. She said, I want to quote a scripture and everyone that hears it will know who I'm talking about. She said, I would not have you ignorant brethren. Amen. I know it's getting more corny. Tell her it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Amen. I just have the joy of Jesus. I can't help it sometimes. Amen. I'm not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. The day of his wrath is coming, but it is not coming for you, and it is not coming for me. The Bible said to be watchful that we might escape all of these things. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm telling you that this this wonderful generation that we're living in is as terrible as the world is getting. I believe we are living in the Enoch generation. You know the story of Enoch. He walked with God. He walked with God and was not because God took him. He didn't see death. He didn't taste death. He was caught up. Amen. And that's why many believe that he might be one. There's speculation. There's no need to speculate. We don't know for sure. So, uh, but there's speculation that Enoch may be one of the two witnesses uh, because it's appointed unto man once to die, and they will be killed and then resurrected from the dead for the message that they're bringing. And the whole world will see that. Listen to me very carefully. Could be Moses. Could be Moses. The law and the prophets. Amen. Uh, there's, it, Elijah could be one. Elijah was caught up. But the reason I'm using Enoch is because he walked with God and was not. Because God took him. First Thessalonians simply says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those that are asleep, that are dead. That's the term used for being dead in the scripture. They are asleep. I would not have you to be ignorant concerning those that are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others who have no hope. For if we believe that God brought Jesus from the dead, he's going to bring those that are in Christ. He's going to bring those that are with Christ from the dead. Amen. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And when that occurs, the dead at the trump of God. Hallelujah. And when that occurs, the dead in Christ shall rise. And we which are living and remain shall be caught up. That's where we get the word rapture from. It's actually a Latin word to describe this event. And it's arpezo in the Latin. And it means to catch away. It means to snatch away quickly. You know how quickly it's going to happen? The Bible said it's going to happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Amen. And it says that we will ever, we will meet the Lord, not here upon the earth, but we will meet him in the air. I think that's a wonderful thing because 
Satan is called the prince of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Right in where Satan has reigned all of this time and influenced the earth. That's where Jesus is going to meet us. To prove the great victory over the enemy that has occurred at Calvary. Can you right in where the enemy's domain was? We're going to have the joyous shout of victory. And the Bible said we're going back with him. He's not coming here to stay at that time. We're going back with him. Where are we going? We're going to the Father's house. Hallelujah. Amen. He's prepared a place for us. Glory to God. And we're going to live with him forever. And we're going to come back with him when he comes to rule and to reign according to the book of revelation amen the first coming of jesus was christmas it's when god condescended the second person of the godhead jesus christ took on flesh as a baby in a manger in bethlehem the first coming the first advent and when we use the term second coming There's a whole lot of things that come into play because there's a secret coming before the second coming. Actually, there's a second coming before the secret coming before the second coming. Thank you very much. At least I've got your attention. Can you say amen? Say, I never heard nothing like that. Well, I never said nothing like that till this morning. Now I've got to get out of it. Can you say amen? Let's biblically talk about that. The first coming, he comes to take on flesh. Incarnate. God with us. Emmanuel. God with us. God in flesh. Taking on flesh as a baby. First he took the flesh on in the womb of Mary. But then he laid in flesh as a babe in a manger. To begin his journey toward the cross. First coming. First advent. But there's another coming. After the cross. He speaks of the Holy Spirit coming. And literally. He said I. I will not leave you. Comfortless. But I'll send you another comforter. And he will be with you. Be in you. And abide with you forever. And he literally said, in the coming of the Holy Spirit, he would come back to us. You know the reason you know you're going to heaven as a Christian? Because Christ has come to live in you. And the Bible said, Christ in you is the hope of glory. In other words, if Jesus' blood has cleansed you to such a point and forgiveness is so complete, your sins are cast away from you as far as the east is from the west. Their sins will I remember no more. Amen. If you ask God, did he remember something you did before the blood of Jesus washed you and cleansed you? He would say, I distinctly remember forgetting that. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Because the day you got saved, he didn't just forgive you and hold that against you. Amen. He, he will never associate you with those past sins. And I don't know about you. How many were lost before you got saved? I'm so glad that he not only forgave me, I'm glad he isn't even dwelling on that stuff anymore. Amen. 
I'm glad it's gone. And our conscience can be sprinkled from evil. So there's the coming in the manger. There's the coming when the Holy Spirit was given. He said, I will come back to you. So there's a coming of Christ to indwell us through the Holy Spirit. Christ in you. There's a coming. He came to lay in the manger. He came to indwell the believer. And there's a secret coming called the rapture. It's a secret coming. Everyone's not going to see it happen. He's not coming to the earth. He's coming toward the earth. We're rising up from the earth to meet Him where? In the air. And from that moment forward, the Bible said, So shall we ever be with the Lord. And then it says something at the end of that statement. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The coming of Jesus in that secret coming for His church, His bride, is one of the most comforting thoughts that you could have as we see that day approaching, the tribulation drawing nearer, knowing that Jesus is coming soon and living in holy anticipation. The Bible said unto them that look, them that are looking, waiting, expecting, watching, hallelujah, He shall appear the second time. This is that appearance, this without sin unto salvation. It means He's not coming to judge sin. One day He will come as judge, but He's coming as Savior of His people, as Redeemer of His people. Can you say, man, as husband to a bride? Hallelujah. What kind of supper are we going to eat in heaven? The marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's no wrath of the Lamb upon the Christian. The Bible said the wrath of God, the justifiable anger, the justice of God abides on everyone that does not believe. But those that believe is not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. And after the secret coming, there's a second coming. The Bible said in Zechariah and other places, he's going to come, stand, he's coming, every eye is going to see him when he comes. Every eye will see him. And the Bible said the world, because he's coming as judge to judge the earth, the world will mourn because of him. Because the one that they have rejected as Savior, now they must face as their judge. And the Bible said that God has, because Jesus is the one that paid the price for our sin, that God has committed all judgment unto him. That's why when John saw him, his hair was as wool. Because he's coming to judge. His eyes were a flame of fire. That is not x-ray vision like Superman, though God sees my heart and yours right now and knows the deepest recesses of it. He knows what, what is motivating me today. Amen. He knows why I'm preaching this morning, because I love him and love souls, or because I want to be somebody. Well, if I want to be somebody, I had, a, I had a, a, a cousin call my wife. We were going to attend a funeral family. Our, our families are shrinking, and her family's shrinking, people being promoted to be with the Lord. And, and she's going, and I, Tuesday, to a funeral for her aunt uh, in Bartow. Wild woman. That got saved. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. The Bible, do you know what the Bible calls us? I'm not being facetious. The Bible said that you as a... As Gentiles, a wild olive branch have been grafted into the true vine. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we can use that term for us before we got saved. Amen. But she called and my wife told her something about having two cars in the shop at the same time. And, you know, the, the hot water heater went out. So we're taking, you know, it's, it's just a whole lot of things happened at one time. You say, Brother Venable. And she said, anyway, said, your husband's a preacher, isn't he? And she said yes to her cousin. Yeah, to the daughter of this aunt of hers. said, well, your husband's a preacher. He ought to have plenty of money. Thank you for laughing for me. I'm not one of those preachers. Uh, I'm not a televangelist. And not all of them are bad. Don't get me wrong. But I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of money. Amen. Anyway, I, I got a chuckle out of that. Amen. What a perception of ministers, most ministers. Amen. Sacrifice to bring. What'd you say, sir? Yeah. Well, my, when I get money, it's like gravy through a goose. You got it. You got the revelation. Amen. And now everybody else has it. Can you say amen? I owe, I owe, it's off to work I go. Amen. But God has been good to us, and he's provided a meal barrel that has never went empty. You know what David said? I've never seen the righteous forsaken, and I've never seen his seed begging for bread. Hallelujah. Amen. I've never seen that. He said, I'm young, and now I'm old. I've lived a lifetime, and I've watched this thing, and I've seen people that love God and serve God, and I've never seen them do without. Amen. They may not be the regal and the rich of this world. Some may be, but he said, I've never seen them forsaken, and I've never seen their seed begging bread. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why? Because his name is Jehovah Shira, amen. God who provides, praise God, hallelujah. His name is El Shaddai, which means the many-breasted one. Shad means breast. He nourishes us. He cares for us. So his name, say it with me, his name is El Shaddai. Not El Chipo. Can you say amen? God is a provider. And he's been good to us. And we love him for it. There's a second coming when he comes to stand upon Mount Olive. And every eye is going to see him. The secret coming is just for his bride. Amen. The second coming. uh, Call the second coming under that heading. But you understand there's been the first coming. There's been the coming in the Holy Spirit to indwell us. By the Holy Spirit, I will come back to you. Did he come back in the Holy Spirit? Does the Holy Spirit testify of his presence in our life and mediate it and manifest it? And then there is the coming when he stands upon Mount Olivet. Right in Israel's day of trouble when they would have been destroyed and to get away from the wrath of the Antichrist, that mountain is going to split in two. They tell me on Mount Olive right now there is an earth 
earthquake fault, a big one, just like the one in California. Amen. God don't have to have that to split the mountain, but it's just evidence that just a little bit of shaking when he stands on it. Amen. It's going to split and give them a way of escape. Praise God. Amen. Listen to me carefully. Jesus, in that secret coming, in that rapture of the church is coming soon. Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. Many scholars of Scripture believe that is a mini-rapture in the Old Covenant. It won't be something new or different that God's going to do. He's just going to do what He's already demonstrated that He does and is able to do, and He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. Hallelujah. So is Jesus really coming soon? Enoch lived, number one, in a progressively wicked world. But he walked with God. And he demonstrated it's possible to live in a very wicked world and still stay close to God. Can you say amen? I like Brother Hodges. He had a victory attitude, a victory spirit. He said, if you really are an authentic Christian, he said, and you're really walking with God, you could live in a duplex with the devil a half a block from hell and keep the victory. Can you say, man, I like that. Amen. If you really are walking with God, amen. The Bible said of us in the new covenant that in the midst, Jesus actually prayed. He said, Lord, don't take him out of the world. If you take them out, the light is gone. The salt is gone. The witness is gone. Don't take them out of the world. The world don't know it, but the world really needs them. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen when we are taken out. The Bible said, when he that letteth, when he that holds something back, when he that has authority, amen, said the Antichrist would be on the scene already, but he can't until a time. And something's going to occur that's going to allow him to be manifest. And I believe it's the rapture of the church. I believe standing in the gap, making up the hedge, praying in intercession. They're going to miss us when we're gone. Make no mistake about it. They might be intimidated us. Don't like us. Don't like us because we become a conscience that they wish was not awakened within themselves sometimes. But they're going to miss us when we're gone. Mark it down until he that led it, that man of sin, that son of perdition cannot be manifest until he that led it is taken out of the way. Well, who is down here with the kind of power to hold hell's purposes back? Who's holding it back? Amen. Oh, this is not a weak church down here. Amen. We have, he said, behold, I give unto you. To those believers in that day, and it's still in force. It's still in force to this day. I give you power over all of the power of the enemy. And until he that leadeth is taken out of the way, the Antichrist can't come into, into force and into authority and into power. But when that occurs, it says, Then woe to the inhabitants of the earth. For Satan who influences from the air has come down unto you. He will actually come into the Antichrist. He will fill this man of sin. 
we are filled with the Holy Spirit, he will be filled with the devil. And the devil's not going to send a demon to do it. The devil himself is coming to do it. What a time is just ahead for this world. And what a glory is just ahead for the church of Jesus Christ. And this message of the soon coming of Jesus, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to put it back in focus. Because for a while it was in focus. And we lived our life in the light of the soon coming of Jesus. And remember the song, Raise Your Eyes upon Jesus, cast your eyes upon Jesus, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. Right now, there's a message out there, and a lot of people are buying into it, that God just wants us to become completely fulfilled and satisfied with material things here. And the message of His soon coming is not the paramount message. Listen to me carefully. I went to a a crusade in Waimama, Church of God camp meeting in Waimama years and years ago. A young lady got saved. We were in a car that took us to that meeting, was taking her home. She was a brand new believer. And they had just brought a brand new home. Back then, the big deal wasn't stainless steel. Uh, you know, the stainless refrigerator and stove. It was olive green. Looking back at it now, it was ugly. <laughs> but we didn't know it was ugly. You remember old olive, olive green was in at one time. I come from way back. Old school. I'm so glad you're here today. I can't relate to too many people. This young lady don't know what in the world I'm talking about. An olive green refrigerator. Oh, ah. They just brought a new home. They had new appliances. They were prospering. And the message that was coming, the camp meeting was, Jesus is coming soon. He could come tonight and not do any disservice to the prophecies. And she said, you mean Jesus could come now? And we all said, yeah, he could come now. We're all looking forward to it because we didn't have olive green refrigerators. We had the old white ones. Bland. And when you're a young Christian, you just don't get it. And some people have been in church years and still don't get it. She said, she said, but we just built a new home. I thought, whatever you built that you think is so great, wind can blow it down. Nuclear weapon can blow it up. It's made out of stone and wood. It can't stand a tornado. can crash it in on you. But Jesus has prepared a mansion. In my Father's house, there are many mansions, abiding places. And one thing is for sure, we have never seen what John described to us is indescribable in the sense of our perception of it. I can't imagine a city like he saw. I can't imagine a city that has precious jewels as its foundation. I can't imagine 12 gates carved out of a single pearl, each gate. It's not gates encrusted with pearls. It's 
gates carved out of a single pearl. That means God had to create a single pearl to make the gate out of. But she was so earth-minded still. Someone said if you get so heavenly-minded, you'll be no earthly good. And I'm saying if you're not heavenly-minded, you won't be much earthly good either for the kingdom of God. Because you will look at everything through the lens of the flesh, and you will just see the material world. And the Bible said that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. Why? Because if they don't pass away, you're going to. You're going to. You live in a body that is aging. I didn't think I'd ever be a senior citizen. Hobbs, you have no room to talk. You'll always be older than me. He grew up beside Fred and Wilma. They lived right next door to him. Used to play with Bam Bam when he was a child. (coughs) But here I am. My wife and I were talking the other day. We got married at 16 and 14. I do not recommend it. We like to starve to death. I didn't ever eat lunch because I had to buy baby food. I mean, you know, we we got married. What? First comes love. Then comes marriage. Then comes Bobby with a what? Say it, say it loud. In a baby carriage. You got that right, sister. Amen. Everything changed. We didn't... We, we, we became responsible adults really quick because everybody says, you, you, this, is your, this is your thing. We ain't going to help you. And they stood by their word, praise God. They didn't lie. So we, we had it rough for a long, long time. I'm so glad when God saved us because when he saved us, he began to bless us. Amen. But we didn't get it in for the, we got it in for the blessing of our eternal soul's destiny. But when you put the kingdom first in your life, he said, you're not going to have to worry about the rest of it. If you'll seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you're not going to have to worry about what the whole world is concerning themselves about day after day after day. Your father, you got a father, not a force in heaven. And your father knows what you have need of. Can you say man? Hallelujah. And he will provide that for you. And God has been faithful down through all of these years and through all of these tears. Enoch lived in a progressively wicked world, but he walked with God. He had a testimony that he walked in faith and that pleased God. And Enoch prophesied of the coming of the Lord. Isn't it amazing that the coming of the Lord was prophesied through the eighth from Adam? Or not the eighth, but let me read this to you. Let me read this to you out of Genesis 5, 5. Of Adam, Scripture says, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Concerning Seth, we're told all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. Genesis 5, 8. Scripture tells us that Enosh 
Canaan, Mahalil, and Jared, Enoch's father, all died. However, when we come to Enoch, we're told, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. Genesis 5, 23 and 24. Everyone else in Enoch's tree, family tree, died. But Enoch's life on earth and his walk with God ended in what we call a mini-rapture. A little girl heard the story of Enoch in her Sunday school class. And her mother asked her what she got from that story. She said, well, Enoch and God were great. Today we would call it besties. Can you say, man? They were best friends. And Enoch and God walked together every day. And one day, little girl said, Enoch and God were walking along. And the sun was going down. It was getting late. And God turned to Enoch and said, Enoch, it's a long way to your house. He said, why don't you just go with me to my house today? Amen. I like that. A day is coming. A day is coming. A day is coming. I remember Grandma Johnson in her last years. What a woman of faith she was. I went to see her when she got out of the hospital before she went into a nursing home for a very, very short season. I went to see her and she had a huge pit bull. Grandma Johnson had a pit bull that, what was the name of Terry's again? Was that a pit? It wasn't a pit. Some big bulldog. Though. Boxer. Bruiser. Big, huge. Try to bite Sean dog. Amen. But this pit bull, this huge pit mix of some kind. I went and knocked on the screen door to visit her. <laughs> and that dog come. And the door wasn't latched. And even if it was latched, I'm going to tell you something about a pit bull. If he wants to go through a screen door, the screen is not going to stop him coming through the door. And he was snarling and, and he had the hair turned up. And he was looking at me like he could kill me. And she said, Who's at the door? She's back in the bedroom. I said, it's Pastor Venable. She said, oh, Brother Venable, oh, Brother Venable. Don't open the door. And I thought, you do not have to tell me not to open the door. I get it. I got it. I'm standing there holding the door, and he's looked like he's going to come through the screen on me if he wanted to. And then she called him. And she called him Sweetie. I mean, that's as bad as the boy named Sue, can you say, man, to a pit bull. That must have made him mean in itself. She said, come on, sweetie. Come on, sweetie. Come on to mama. <laughs> Old pit bull quit looking at me, looked back over his shoulder, and he went bounding in there to where she was. And she put him on a leash. And she's sitting on the side of the bed. She's not feeling good this day. And she's got him on this leash. And then she ties him to, the, to something, piece of furniture. And, and then she, when she accepts me, then the dog accepts me. And, and she said, I apologize for the dog. And then she started preaching to me. She said, Brother Venable, yes, she would say, yes. 
She said, Brother Venable, yes. She said, one of these days. She said, you know, I'm not getting any stronger and I'm not getting any younger. But you see, everything shifted from the earth realm to heaven. Heaven wasn't something. She wasn't trying to hold on to something that is so tangible, but yet you can't hang on to this tangible world, but to the intangible reality of heaven. Amen. She was walking with God her whole life, and now we're coming to the climax of that life. And God gave her the peace and the grace, and she said, Yes, Brother Venable, one day the Jesus is going to come by my bed, see, and he's going to walk right up to me and say, Daughter, it's time to go home. And he's going to take me by the hand. And me and Jesus are going home. And I said, well, what am I doing here? God's got this. I'm just here to hear it. I'm here to see faith in action. I'm here to see the peace of God on somebody. Amen. That passes. On. And then she said, yes, Brother Venable. Amen. She said, don't you have a daughter in heaven? I said, I do. She was a preemie. She lived three days, and she had a a problem within, and she died after three days. I went with her from South Florida Baptist Hospital to Tampa General Hospital, and there was an incubator in the ambulance, and I sat with my daughter in the ambulance. And I never got to hold her, and I never got to see her grow up. But I know where she is. I know where she is. And I used to talk about my daughter. I said, I've got two sons and a daughter. Two sons here and a daughter in heaven. But my daughter is real. My daughter is alive. My daughter is well. And I'm going to live with her forever. And she said, yes, Brother Venerable, don't you have a daughter in heaven? I said, yes, ma'am, I do. said, what is her name? Now, this was pre-Elvis stuff. I didn't name it after Elvis' wife. Okay, or his daughter, whoever. No, what? Lisa Marie. Which one was that? You really know your Elvis, praise God. Priscilla, yeah. Lisa Marie was the daughter. I named my daughter. Maybe she named her after my daughter. I named her Lisa Marie. We named her Lisa Marie. And she said, what is her name? I said, Lisa. She said, yes, Brother Venable. When I get to heaven... I'm going to look her up. What is her name? She wanted that imprinted. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to see Jesus, and I'm going to see your daughter. And I'm going to see my loved ones. And it's okay. He's coming for me. And She said, I'm going to look her up. I'm going to find her. And I'm going to tell her about her daddy. Now, I believe she did that. I believe she did it. I believe when I get to heaven, amen, I believe a young woman is going to come up to me and hug my neck and call me daddy. Come on, if it's not real, we shouldn't be here teaching it, preaching it, looking. But if it's real, it's real. If you think we're, somebody said, will we be known in heaven? Will we know one another? Well, what good would heaven be if we didn't know each other? For heaven's sakes, church. I told someone that told me that if I flew out to... In 1978, I flew to Dallas. Went into the Metroflex airport for a conference on the Holy Spirit. And I asked them. 
And it was back during that time they asked me that question. I said, if I flew to Dallas and you flew to Dallas and we passed one another in the airport terminal in Dallas, would you know me? Of course I would know you. I said, well, listen, the Bible said Job had a revelation. He said, though the skin worms eat the flesh off of my bones. Yet when he stands upon the earth, that second coming when he stands upon the earth, he said, I'm going to see my Redeemer. I know, he's a, I know he lives. And when he stands, I'm going to stand up. He said, not another is going to see him for me, but I'm going to see him for myself in my flesh. The flesh you see right now is going to be reconstituted. Hallelujah. The body that has been put in that ground is going to come out of that ground. And if you... There was a Jewish Bible teacher celebrating Rosh Hashanah and celebrating... The Day of Atonement, the Feast of Trumpets. He's a Bible teacher at Dallas Theological Seminary. He is of a Jewish background. His, his grandfather, his great-grandfather and grandmother, they were all burned up in the ovens at Auschwitz. And he said, God doesn't need a mummified body. He's God Almighty. He said, wherever those molecules are, Wherever those little minute molecules are, they're going to come together. They're going to reconstitute when Christ comes. Amen. Listen, he's got your DNA. He can make another one just like you, and he don't need something down here to help him do it. He couldn't be God if he couldn't pull that off. Can you say amen? Amen. Some people have been dead for 300 years or 3,000 years. But if they knew God as their Savior, hallelujah, that body is going to be reconstituted. I'm looking forward to the resurrection. I'm looking forward to living in heaven forever with the God I love and with my loved ones. Praise God. I want to see you there. I don't want nobody to miss heaven. When I testify and I witness, I want to, I want to win a soul for God. I want to see that person in heaven someday and i am absolutely convinced that there are people that i've never met here but they've heard the gospel through the radio they've heard it off the web somebody's going to come running up to your pastor grab me around the neck and say thank you for being faithful to preach the gospel i came to christ before i died hallelujah praise god and that will make it worth it all to have Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And somebody to say, I'm in heaven because you left Tampa Electric. I'm in heaven because you sold your, your home and land and by faith came to Tampa with absolutely nothing but faith in God in order to preach the gospel. And God honored that commitment because a lot of people came to Jesus down through the years can you say man and i believe a lot more are coming i don't believe it's over david i do not believe it listen god i don't believe it's over yet hallelujah charles stanley just celebrated his 85th birthday he's really feeble but he's still preaching Hallelujah. Here I am going on 71 feeling like I'm probably, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, 
I'm not with it anymore. I'm, listen, inside of me, there's a man that hasn't aged at all. In fact, there's a man in, in the man that's never going to age. Inside me is my spirit. This old body is just a body. And I have to recognize certain limitations that I didn't used to have. But the man in me, he's not aging. Praise God. He's mounting up with wings as an eagle. Running without weariness. Walking without becoming faint-hearted. Hallelujah. And I believe my daughter is going to meet me in heaven. And I'm looking forward to seeing her. I'm looking forward to being with my loved ones. Jesus' coming is going to be the consummation of all of the Christian faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. Enoch prophesied of the coming of the Lord. Let me read three scriptures as we close. Genesis 5, 21 through 24. Enoch lived in a wicked, wicked world. But he walked with God. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. And had sons and daughters. So the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. We get a little more understanding in Hebrews 11 and verse 5. It said, by faith... Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Let me give you another scripture. Without faith, without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For they that come to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that seek him out. And it's really quoting right here. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And it goes on to say the very same thing. Listen to Jude 14. He prophesied of the coming of the Lord. It said, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men. Listen, amazing thing. The seventh from Adam. You know how far back that is? That's further back than Hobbes. I love you, Brother Hobbs. Amen. If we couldn't grow old together and have a laugh every now and then, we would be in deep trouble. Okay, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. If you'll be Fred, I'll be Barney Rubble. Thank God. I like what Uncle Henry said on the PTL Club one time. He said, growing old is not too bad when you consider the alternative. Can you say amen? All right. Listen to what Enoch said so long ago. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his angels. No, 10,000 of his saints. I told you we're coming back with him. Can you say, man? And this Enoch is prophesying it. The seventh generation from creation. And he's saying the Lord is coming. And he's coming with 10,000 of his saints. To execute judgment on all. To convict all who were ungodly among them. Of their ungodly deeds which they've committed in an ungodly way. And of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. But he's coming. And he's coming with his saints. By the way. Every child of God is called a saint in the New Testament.
at Elizabeth Baldry's funeral. I quoted from Psalm 116, which said, Precious in the sight of the Lord from his perspective is the death of his saints. And I knew what people were thinking because we all had a past before we got saved. And I remember when Elizabeth didn't want to be around us. And she came into a Pentecostal church and she said, my first thought was run out. <laughs> have you ever been to a Pentecostal church? You, you have, so that's why you didn't run out yet. Okay. <laughs> it's okay if you run out. We love you anyway. And he'll come after you and, you know, he won't drag you back, but he'll come after you. It's not been so bad so far, has it? I hadn't. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. And I could just hear and feel the comeback because I'm talking about saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord, the death of his saints. And I could feel what someone was thinking in that audience. And I said, there's somebody saying, I knew Elizabeth Baldry and she was no saint. Well, Robert Venable was no saint either. Amen. I'm a product of grace. I'm a product of God's love and forgiveness. Hallelujah. And right now, I'm going to tell you something. This may shock you. I'm not sinlessly perfect. Brother Venable, well, what sin do you have? None of your beeswax. Oh, you've got something hidden in the closet? No, there's nothing, no skeleton in my closet. I'm doing my best to live for God, but I can't do it perfectly. Sometimes I get angry. You say, Brother Rumble, don't you mean righteously indignant? No, I get mad. Come on, don't cover it up. I have to go God and tell Him, Lord, that made me so mad. But don't go to bed mad. Can you say amen? Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Boy, I wanted to. I remember a car pulled out in front of me. Pulled right out in front of me. And I out on Fowler Avenue. A car pulled right out in front of me. And, and I just had to hit my brakes to keep from hitting the person. And the person... Gave me the bad finger. How I many know what the bad finger? Don't show me. Don't show me. Don't show me. Okay, all right. Wiggle it. And I just accelerated right up behind that person. Yes, it was. I mean, I didn't have a gun. I didn't want to kill anybody. I just, I didn't want to say, what is your problem? You about caused a wreck and given me the bad thing. I wanted to give him a piece of my mind. But then I thought, what if he gets out and wants to fight? Well, back then, but not no more. No more. He, yeah, they shoot you now. They don't want to fight you a fair fight. I used to have fights all the time. Once they, they beat you, they leave you alone. 
But the Lord spoke to me, and it's kind of like a dog chasing the bus, you know. What are you going to do if you catch it? What are you going to do if he stops? I said, nothing. He said, then don't you think you need to back off? I said, yes, Lord. And I backed off. Were you mad? Yes, I was mad. But God is now living in me. And if I listen to him, he'll take that anger away. And we didn't have any kind of confrontation. And you know... A bad finger is not the same as having a nine millimeter pointed at you. Amen. So I could deal with that and go home to my family, keep my testimony. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. And Enoch the seventh from Adam said he's coming. He's coming with 10,000 of his saints. A saint is someone that has been washed in the blood of Jesus in the new covenant, been cleansed by that blood to such a degree that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit can come to indwell you in your mortal body. Hallelujah. And it is that presence within you that is the down payment on heaven it is the assurance because if the whole, the three that make heaven holy, pure gold don't make it holy. Gates of pearl don't make it holy. Precious jewels don't make it holy. You know what makes it holy? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And God the Father lives in us. And when Elizabeth Baldry accepted Christ as her Savior, the Father came to indwell her. The Son came to indwell her, and the Holy Spirit came to indwell her. No, there are religious organizations that say you have to have a miracle attributed to you, and the church has to verify it and then promote you to sainthood. But the very day a Christian becomes a Christian, they are given sainthood in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. And the Lord cometh with who? With the angels and the armies of heaven. No, he's coming with ten thousands, which really is just a term to talk about so many of his saints. According to the book of Revelation, there's an army coming with him, all right. They're clothed in white linen. And the Bible said previously that white linen is the righteousness of the saints. And if we suffer with him we are also going to reign with him can you say man god is good and gracious today hallelujah i believe that we're in the enoch generation we're in a progressively wicked world evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived but we can walk with god we can be upstream christians in a downstream world Amen. If you determine to walk with God, the Holy Spirit will help you do it. You don't have to compromise to be a follower of Jesus in this generation. In the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, you shine as lights in the world. Can you say amen? Glory be to God. I'm glad to be counted among that number. If you go down to New Orleans, you're going to hear a jazz song. And when the saints go marching in, or when the saints 
go marching in. Oh, Lord, I want to be in that number. I would sing that differently. Lord, I'm going to be in that number. When the saints of God go marching in. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of this today? Do you believe Jesus is coming soon? Hallelujah. Praise God. Will you stand to your feet? Brother, would you come and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have a, a praise and then a prayer. Hallelujah. Continue to pray for Doug's speedy recovery. Father, in the name of Jesus, stretch your hand this way. Father, in the name of Jesus, that healing and health be completely restored. For the glory of God, we curse infections. We curse anything in His body that would do any harm to Him. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. We're not cursing fig trees or mulberry trees. We're we're cursing something that can harm this body who is your temple right now now in jesus name amen and amen and amen hallelujah glory to god amen hallelujah 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 praise the lord don't be overwhelmed by the culture when you see these things begin to come to pass lift up your head your redemption is drawing nigh i'm going to ask a question before the song is there anyone here you would not be ready If Jesus comes today, before this 24-hour day ends, if the trumpet sounded, Jesus came for his saints. You couldn't qualify because you haven't confessed your sin, trusted Christ as your Savior, repented. You can't say if you drew your last breath before this evening that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven, be in his presence forever. Is there anyone in here say, Pastor, I need to know that I know. And I want to receive Christ as my Savior. Anyone in this building before we sing and close. Anyone that God is calling or speaking to. All right, Christian. How many of us today need to refocus on the soon coming of Jesus so we can live our life different from the material, physical, temporal world about us? With a whole different value system. It's time to draw near to God. Hallelujah.